Hello and welcome back to Scotland Bites, a podcast about food and how this inspires the black and people of colour creative communities across Scotland. During each episode, we'll be speaking to an array of interesting individuals, independent restaurateurs, foodies and collectors about what makes food and creativity exciting for these communities. Today we have a very special guest. Her name is Natasha Faulkner. She is an artist based in Aberdeen like myself. And yeah, thanks again, Natasha, for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's going to be good to have a chat, especially about food. I love talking about food anyway, so this is going to be a really, really exciting. Brilliant. So you come to the right place as well. I know, obviously, I kind of like, I started to kind of get to know you online, I think a couple of years ago, but we never really kind of touched on food and culture and like creativity. And I know like, you know, through like your online kind of work, you've definitely kind of touched on that about, you know, being from a Thai background and living in Scotland and growing up in Scotland as well. But how was kind of like for you from an early age, food kind of influenced like the kind of creative side of your work? Well, I think because it's such a kind of like the well, one thing that really ties you to your kind of culture and stuff as well. And it's just like everything about it and stuff. I think it's quite inherently creative. Like Thai food especially is like such a mix of different things. You know, you've got the five kind of like main flavors in Thai food that we have to always have. You know, it's like sweet, salty, spicy, bitter and like sour. That's it. And you need to have like all of this. So I think in my work, I like to be quite like, you know, take a lot from my different influences and stuff. I like to have a bit of everything. I like it to be bright and vibrant, just like a spicy kind of palette and stuff. So I think it does influence in that kind of aspect and stuff as well. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's also, it always kind of brings you back and stuff too. So I think, I do think it kind of influences that in a way as well. Yeah, and I think, you, you know, you definitely see that like through your work as a lot of kind of like, you know, really vibrant and bright kind of kind of colours. And it's kind of definitely needed, especially in the north east of Scotland, which at the moment is very grey and like, you know, and wet. For you, you know, growing up, did you get a chance to also like go back to Thailand, like with your family as well during like your childhood? Yeah, so I've been a few times. I've not been like a lot because of how much it kind of like costs and stuff. I've not been from a very well off kind of background. I have been a couple of times since I was born over there and came over when I was about like three years old and things as well. So I've been over a few times when I was younger and stuff. And I think the first time it was like kind of good going over there and stuff like that, getting around all the kind of food, but still quite young. Mm-hmm. And it was before I was vegetarian as well. So I think I could, you know, eat a lot more different bits and pieces. The times I went after that. You know, I've been vegetarian and stuff, which has been a bit interesting stuff. And it'd be quite good because I think we're planning on going, me and my mom and sister are planning on going next year as well. So it'd be quite good to see how that side's changed. It's probably not over 10 years since I was last over and stuff as well. But there's certain things I'll always kind of remember at the moment. I've actually got a cup of Ovaltine here as well because it's our big thing in Thailand is drinking Ovaltine. We actually, really? Thailand, I think, consumes the most Ovaltine after the UK. <laughs> I know everywhere else in the world seems to be like Milo, but Ovaltine is like a breakfast drink. But then coming over here, I'll start drinking it at bedtime. And I just love it. And it's quite funny because hardly anyone like our age drinks it or something. So it's like, oh, yes, me and my dressing guy drinking Ovaltine. But it actually comes from my Thai upbringing and stuff as well. I've always drank it. So, yeah. Yeah, when you mentioned Ovaltine, that's a big throwback. I remember having that in my house, especially Milo. That's big in like the Caribbean. That is like this green tin, brown white, and there's somebody playing football on yep. it or something, or some kind of sport. Um, oh, I'll yeah, eat it out like, the tin, the grains. The granules are tasty. Oh. <laughs> that's that's hardcore. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, um, kind of going back to like, you know, the kind of, kind of food and kind of like creativity, um, kind of part of like, you know, like your upbringing. Where did you kind of like start seeing that kind of like connection? Where was, there, where was some kind of, was there any kind of like key points of being like, oh, I want to reflect on food from my work. I've seen some posts on your Instagram stories, which I want to reflect on forever on in the conversation. Yeah. Where did they start becoming points when you was like, oh yeah, this is definitely reflects on my kind of culture and upbringing and actually like being, brings back these memories of sitting around the table with my family. 
Well, I think a few things was actually in response to things that had happened to me and stuff as well. I think a lot of the stuff I'd done was like more touching on like certain things where people would say things and it would be like really like quite offensive or something in a way or something. And people probably didn't think about it. Like, you know, when people tell you that your food stinks kind of thing and stuff as well. And I was like, when it actually, when that happened to me and I was like, well, why am I so upset by this compared to like, you know, someone else? And I was just like, well, my mum made that with a lot of love in it. And it's something that I've always eaten. So to say something like that, it's just like really looking down on like, you know, my culture. And I think some people might not think, oh, that's what, you know, you know, they meant by that or something. It's like, well, they have not the one experiencing it. They're not the one who's like, you know, a part of a diaspora that's maybe not always been taken, you know, looked at the same way and it's always perpetually, you know, an outsider kind of thing. So mm-hmm. to have that, it's just another thing where you're just like, well, that's you with your stinky weird food. And at the same time, people are bringing in colour and skink and stuff to the same office and stuff. So I was like, come on, my stuff's vegetarian. doesn't even have like fish in it and stuff. It's just, it just smells spice. I'm sorry seasoning upsets you so much. But <laughs> come on now. And then other people, like, you know, it's not even that one person. Another person's like, oh, that's too stinky to eat in here and stuff. And it's just like all these things, like thinking like I've just eaten roadkill or something like that. And it's like, honestly, it was just a few herbs and spices. Yeah, like I remember seeing, I think it was like in like 2020, you put on your um, Instagram feed some of your art and it was actually reflecting on that. Obviously, one of your personal experiences of people saying, oh, yeah, what's that smell and stuff? And I think like, I think a lot of people from like the black and like, you know, POC kind of community across the UK and Scotland have had these really kind of like, you know, dismissive or like, you know, challenging experiences of actually feeling comfortable in a work environment in the space or a creative space and wanting to be relaxed and eat your kind of like, you know, food that's relevant to your culture and upbringing but also kind of feeling a bit kind of apprehensive about doing that to some degree as well I don't know if that's kind of had that influence or impact on you the same way yeah it does because at first you know you don't even think about it because you're like anyone else you're just bringing leftovers from home you know you're not thinking about it it's just Mm. the food that you eat at home you're not thinking it's anything you know that's odd and then until people start saying that or people start questioning what you bring in and stuff but then you know I've had that like since school and stuff as well like before it's vegetarian there's this thing which is royal, which basically that's Thai for like, it just means like kind of shredded or fluffy pork is what my mum used to call it and stuff as well. And it is just pork floss. It's like candy floss, but made out of pork. Basically, it's just like really fluffy and that. And I'd have that in sandwiches and things, you know, and kids would be like, what is that? And like, you know, everything would be kind of like curious or something. Or like, you know, sometimes you see TV shows like representing your food or something like that. And it's always a challenge to eat it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, people are trying to eat whatever you're used to eating without gagging and stuff. So you're like, oh. Okay, especially like durian, which I know that one, I don't get too offended if people don't like durian because I know even in Asia, that's a hit or miss kind of thing or something. But, you know, these kind of things start to like, you know, they do kind of weight on you and stuff. You start to consider that thing more. So I think that's worked into like some of my other pieces because I was like, well, I want to take pride in that as well. So there's even things like Red Bull comes from Thailand, even though it's not the best food stuff. I don't even drink it. But <laughs> like, you know, there's plenty of things that come from Thailand. There's so much things. And like, you know, food is such a big part of Thai culture. And then being like, you know, part time myself, it's just like, that is a big part of me. And then you think about it, like how I grew up eating like, you know, instant noodles as crisps kind of thing when you're eating it out of the packet and not actually making oh, it. Okay. And then I was like speaking to other like, you know, Asian friends and they've done that as kids and stuff as well. Sometimes put seasoning in it, but sometimes just eat it just as a snack by itself and stuff and feel, you know, <laughs> awful afterwards, but it was tasty because it's always like yeah. pre-seasoned when you eat it and it's crunchy. It's got such a nice texture and stuff. So that's really cool. I don't really know. It's like, you know, do that. Obviously, you know, it's just like that thing, you know, being in the western kind of part of the world you're like oh he's put hot water in it but that's a part of your childhood and that's really kind of like interesting to hear that how like you know there's different approaches to like you know the food from you know where you're kind of like coming from as well do you feel like within scotland especially within scotland's creative community that there's been 
like acceptance of you being a Scottish tie artist and everything that kind of comes with you, like your like your cultural identity as well. Do you have you felt over the years that you felt very kind of like accepted, especially within like the northeast of Scotland? I think generally, yeah, you do feel accepted and stuff, but like you know, and it's not too too bad. But you do get moments where you sometimes feel like I don't know, maybe you're a token or something as well, because you always feel like am I really you know, here because people want to talk to me or this or they accept all this part of me or then people maybe focus too much on what makes you different. I know sometimes it's out of curiosity or being nice sometimes. And I guess it's that happy medium and stuff. And then at the same time, when you're an artist and stuff as well, of course you want to touch on your own personal experiences and stuff, but then you don't want to be like, oh yeah, you're this artist that just does things based on these issues and that's it. Because it's just only like, you know, reducing you to like that characteristic rather than your whole depth as a person and stuff like that as well. I feel like, you know, Scotland in general, the people I talk to and stuff are pretty like, you know, nice about these things and stuff I guess it's like you still don't feel like you get that same level of connection let's say when you speak to like someone who's experienced the same things as you and stuff as well it's just mm-hmm. never going to be right I don't know until I guess we have more discussions about it and people can be a bit more open about things as well yeah I think like during the kind of last conversation with the first episode with myself and um Jibemi um, on the pilot you know we kind of definitely kind of touched on that kind of part of when you're young, there's also this kind of need to feel like you need to kind of just assimilate. And I think that's like, there's probably periods of that, not for my mom, but like relatives, like saying, you know, when you go into school and you're learning and stuff like that, like tone down your like Caribbean-ness or like your Jamaican-ness, if that's even a word. But I don't know, was that kind of like a little bit like for you through like relatives and like family, friends and all this, like trying to try and fit in and everything could be okay? I know it's quite strange because I guess like in some ways there's so much of your culture that you just can't get rid of like the way that I'm raised is like oh you have to behave in a certain way but at the same time yeah I guess there is that whole pressure to assimilate more like from friends around and stuff like that as well I mean I guess because like I suppose I'm mixed race and stuff as well and I think there's a lot of like mixed people like from the Thai community and stuff as well I think it's very different how we get our culture because obviously there's like one side and there's another side and stuff like that as well so I guess we haven't been told to tone down too too much things but I think there's also when you're mixed especially there's a huge you know, desire to assimilate and have one side accept you or something like this as well kind of thing. So I think that's the kind of thing to try and like kind of fit in. Like I remember like with food and stuff like that as well, like kind of touched back on that. It's like as a kid, seeing my friends eating like pizza and chips and like, you know, spaghetti hoops and all these other things. I mean, it's not exactly great tasting or amazing food. I mean, a good pizza, fine, but all the kind of other stuff isn't great, but everyone ate that. And I kind of wanted to eat that as well, you know, and I'd get that as a treat kind of thing and people be like oh yeah well we eat Thai food as a treat or something like this and it's not really Thai food but you know they you know and you kind of Mm. wish that you had that a bit more often and things like that just to be like everyone else and like certain things that you see from growing up around you and stuff like wanting to assimilate that way because you know it makes your life a lot easier and stuff but I guess I think we're always quite proud of our culture and stuff so I think we haven't been told to really like tone it tone it down or something like well because there's certain ways that we can seem like oh well we behave well so you do this and that that's the way we are raised to do it that's the way we do that which is nice that you keep that but at the same time there's also an additional pressure that I guess your friends don't have so that kind of makes you want to assimilate more because you're like ah why is my mum like this why is she like why is she different to everyone else's mum so yeah also you know going back to kind of like the kind of food and creativity I know you was involved in a local project with a restaurant called Pig's Wings very popular in the northeast of Scotland and so how did that kind of project come about? Yeah, so that one was just like, I was going through Instagram and I seen like them, I hadn't followed them before, but then I saw some posts come up and they had like really, really nice looking food basically. And I was like, well, that looks really fine. So I liked it and I was like, well, I just commented that I need to come in and take it, taste it and stuff, especially it was like vegetarian food. So I was like always willing to try like new veggie kind of stuff as well, like options there. And they kind of followed me back and they were saying they really like my artwork. So they actually just messaged based, based off that and everything as well. So you know, being in there 
you know, a few times, you know, since then, kind of like to eat and stuff like that as well and chat with them and stuff like that too. Really, really good guys, stuff, really supportive of like, you know, local artists and everything as well. So whenever, you know, always willing to kind of help, you know, them out there and stuff. And plus, I do really like their food and stuff too. I mean, they're both nice enough to like spice level and the kind of influence that they mm-hmm. use and stuff. So I was like, you know, it's always hard to find something that, you know, the spice level, like, hits it enough for you and stuff as well. I mean, nothing's going to be the same as, like, you know, like, proper, like, Thai spice. My mum gives me, but... <laughs> I was going to ask you, what is your spice level? Was it medium or, like, hot, extra, extra hot? I don't even know what I would say and stuff, because I just say it's, like, typical, like, Thai level, I guess. Like, I made sure that... I, that's another thing as well. My mum made sure that I could eat Thai, like, you know, like, spice when I was a kid. My sister can't eat as much, and she feels quite bad about that. But I remember, like, one of my mum's friends, like, kids, she could eat quite spicy when she was quite young. And my mum used to be like, if you can't eat this, you're not a proper Thai person. She's younger than you. She can eat spicier than you, you know? So, you know, I'd have to, like, try to make sure and stuff as well. And now I just find it really hard to eat food without spice sometimes it's a bit bland or it's a bit sad or something i feel like i really crave it and i miss it if i don't have it because i actually went to like this um meditation retreat as like a buddhist retreat kind of thing as well and there wasn't any spice like eventually the last day because it's a silent retreat so you can't ask anyone if there's like spice going around as well and the last thing when i was able to speak finally found some sriracha which is basically like thai yeah. ketchup but it was close enough to have something with a bit of spice you know i was just like oh <laughs> so i guess that's my level i find sriracha's like ketchup mm. so Things that are like, you know, proper spicy. <laughs> like, you need to feel it the whole way. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Shout out to Sriracha, man. I love Sriracha. That's just like, yeah, that's the best as well. Like, I actually had like Sriracha mayo as well for the first time earlier this year, which I don't think I can't really compare that to actually the full Sriracha sauce as well. I think it was like a cheap imitation. It wasn't really, it wasn't that, that, <laughs> that, that good. Whatever kind of like, you know, when you're growing up, whatever kind of cultures and foods that's kind of you kind of, tried and like within Scotland or like forever you'd be like oh actually that's really good food I've never had that before well I do like a lot of kind of like more like Latin American food and stuff like so my ex-partner actually like was half like Canary and half like Venezuelan and stuff so a lot of that kind of food like I tried it through him and then actually there's a um cafe and like well kind of restaurant in Aberdeen now called Latin Way and oh my god they make a lot of the stuff that was the kind of stuff that I'd eaten with him and his family and stuff he's made for me well, he used to, I haven't seen it in their menu, but, you know, they've got black beans and stuff and plantain and thing as well. And like all sorts. I mean, they have like vegetables and black mm-hmm. beans and all the kind of different spices. And it's like the smoky kind of chili and stuff that they have as well. So I really like this. I love chili in all forms. So having a smoky chili is something different. So I really, really love that and things. And it's just like different kind of palates, but it still like kind of suits me. And then having cheese in it as well, because obviously there's not really cheese in Thai cooking and stuff. So like having, you know, spices and cheese as well. I was like, well, this is like absolutely great. And then. I've always, you know, liked Indian food and stuff too, just because like, oh, so I've had friends and like colleagues and stuff who are Indian who made me amazing Indian food too. But even like just going to Rishi's for like the dosas and they can, they do make things at a good spice level as well. It's just not like, oh, you can't handle your spice. It's, you know, proper spice and everything. And I've got so much vegetarian food. So yeah, that's why it's just, oh, there's so much I can eat and things as well. I mean, the, the gobi, the spicy, the kind of cauliflower and stuff. Oh, it's so fine. So absolutely love both those. Yeah, Rishi, that's off is that off George Street in Aberdeen, isn't it? Yeah, it's on George Street. Basically, if you go across the road from like Sainsbury's and down a little bit, so it's kind of just like a go down from Party Mania and it's just that kind of little corner mm-hmm. there and stuff as well. But it's absolutely amazing for all their kind of like dishes and stuff, like South Indian food and stuff. And yeah, I love their dosas. I mean, that's a meal in itself. You don't really need to get anything else with that as well. I mean, I was talking to like someone that I used to work with though, and he was just like, they're good, but it's not my mum's. And I was like, well, I don't have an Indian mum who can make like amazing dosas and stuff. I mean, <laughs> but I don't think I can go all the way over to visit his mum in India. I don't have an invite there. <laughs> 
you mentioned earlier i'm gonna i'm gonna literally get this wrong so anyone listening do not cuss me out you mentioned the meal um du- duran Durians, Durian. yeah, that's it. Yeah, so what's um, involved in that? What, what's kind of what's yeah, in it's that? a fruit. Oh, it's a fruit. <laughs> Even more so, people will be listening, being like, "What an idiot!" So, yeah, what kind of fruit is that? So it's absolutely stinky. It's really, really smelly. There's there's bands of people eating that in obviously like in mm. Malaysia and Singapore and like public transport and other places as well. So it's a spiky kind of thing. It looks like a jackfruit in the outside and stuff as well. It's like probably like the size of a like small football or something. And then you cut it inside and there's these kind of seeds that are creamy, like yellow and that's what you eat. It's very custardy and it's got a really like, I don't know, it's, it's I can't describe exactly how the flavour is. It's like an apple kind of custardy, but it's got like a bit of a other kind of savouriness to it as well whereas people think it just smells like so disgusting they don't even want to eat it or think it's got a weird flavour I mean I love durian flavoured desserts and stuff as well or when you get moon cakes and stuff like for like the lunar festivals I mean that's more like Vietnamese and Chinese people who like celebrate that but there's a lot of like you know people of like Chinese heritage in Thailand as well so and a lot of like, friends of mine from those backgrounds and stuff they're gone home over that time of year would bring me back like durian moon cakes so I absolutely love them and that kind of flavour and stuff as well I was like funny story is like I once opened a durian cookie in front of one of my friend's dogs and he just went wild like he could not like he just wanted to go and jump on me and try and steal it from me it's just it was so stinky and horrible to him he must have thought this is the most amazing thing ever and he wanted it too so I basically had to eat it before this dog that's amazing yeah like well see next time yeah just hook me up when I like you get some of that I'm I'm intrigued to try definitely try some of that but um another question I was going to ask you like um how do you think like creativity and food could be explored more within Scotland, especially within the kind of creative industries? Well, I think when people could do a bit more projects and stuff where you're actually trying to like come together with like different kind of ideas and stuff like that as well. So like people kind of like all bring something else to the table and kind of discuss things a bit more, kind of like talk about their kind of cultural influences and maybe like, you know, how this goes in, like, you know, have like kind of things where people actually have like little events or something, which are kind of like cultural events and sharing food. But then at the same time as well, people could try doing like fusion dishes with like other kind of like, you know, dishes from other backgrounds and stuff with people that they know and stuff and collaborate in that kind of way thinking about what things kind of go together because cooking itself is like really creative of course there's set recipes for how you make things but everything's a little bit different and stuff as well and people can add different things to things as well and the good thing about cooking as well is like very much chemistry and stuff too and I was from a science background before that so it was like certain kind of things you know if you know the reaction and you know how to do certain ways you can play around with things and adapt things or like change things and stuff too so there's a lot of room for creativity if you know what things are. I mean, people are always like, you got to know the rules to break them. I wouldn't say that so much with cooking, but at the same time as well, if you kind of understand the chemistry behind kind of food and stuff like that, and you know enough about certain cultures and kind of things too, you can kind of like kind of put things together and that'd be quite good. I think one thing that people need to watch out for is like when you get folks who say take food, cultural food, and they might not be from that background and they dress it up and I know they're trying to be creative and stuff, but then they represent it in a way that it's a traditional dish. And I'm like, Excuse me, but that's never been that's never been seen in a Thai dish. That is never like absolutely not. Don't even say that's mm. Thai. You could say inspired by Southeast Asian or inspired by Thai flavors and combine it together. I don't mind if people say that and all this, but when someone's just like, "This is a Thai," it was like that absolutely is not Thai. I've never seen another Thai person eat that. <laughs> absolutely never. Do you know what I was thinking that there? Like Jamie Oliver's got a lot to answer for. Where he's like punchy jerk um rice and peas and like i think there was like a period and you got a lot of blowback as well people been like yeah like jamaican people don't have jerk jerky 
rice and peas, but jerk chicken, but not like punchy, like jerk rice and peas with a slice of watermelon on the slide. And the side, you're like, what the fuck is going on? And his green curry is almost, oh my God, it's so offensive. There's almost a hate crime, this green curry. It was just like, what is this? But no, I think you hit like a lot of valid points there. There is that definitely bit, I think, when it comes to like that bit of, you know, restaurateurs or chefs saying, oh yeah, like, you know, like you're saying, you know, it should be like inspired by this community and stuff. Not saying, oh, this is like, you know, Thai green curry. You can like, yeah, that's not it. That's not what my mum makes. It's not what my aunt makes or like my relatives make. And, you know, and even going back to the part of, you know, the kind of connection with food and creativity. I think it's really spot on. There's that part sort of where even crossing that kind of bridge and that gap of, holding that kind of space and sharing each other's like foods from different kind of cultures. I feel like it's so needed because like I grew up in London, then you would have like, you know, a lot of kind of restaurants and takeaways, all like different sides of on the road. And I don't know how much they kind of, there was like a, like a cross section or intersection between those kind of two cultures. Like for like, you know, the Jamaican Caribbean culture, there's a lot of like, you know, Indian influence and Asian influence in that kind of food as well. And that's just through that kind of, natural bit of migration of workers going over there in the Caribbean where it's not kind of like I don't think we I've never seen that much in Scotland first of all actually people organizing kind of like um an event saying oh look actually we're doing a bit of something like I don't use that word like fusion too much but there is that kind of crossover and we're kind of just doing this together and you can try different kind of foods from different cultures we did have a place like that in Aberdeen the marketplace which is unfortunately has been knocked down yeah I know, I absolutely loved the market and everything as well. It's a shame that, especially because when you think about how much of the kind of businesses there were around, like, you know, like, BIPOC, like, you know, running mm-hmm. owned and everything and different kind of cultural. I mean, those amazing, like, Thai restaurants. I mean, at least Madame News is still, like, you know, going yeah. around and stuff in their own, like, kind of place now. Taste of Hong Kong, things like this. But it was nice and it was, like, affordable and things like this as well. And it was just, like, made, like, you know, the way that, you know, you would actually yeah. eat it and stuff like this too. So it was really, really nice to have that. And I feel like there's not really anything the same like you know now with that kind of level and stuff I went to Newcastle to visit a friend or something like that as well and we went to like a noodle stand there and it seemed like there was a bit more like you know you can go around those different kind of things and stuff like too and I wish there was something like that here in in Aberdeen because I know we do get pop-ups and stuff like that as well you know with like kind of different restaurants doing their thing and they're all lovely you know nice things and it's always like kind of like at least very local places and it's great because we need to support more local I wish there was like something that was a bit more like diverse with like you know the kind of things Mm -hmm. and stuff like a bit of like you know like asian food like african food caribbean food middle eastern food like a bit of all of that because i don't think we have anything that has that level of diversity where it's like all these different cuisines and stuff like this as well and because like we offer like so much when it comes to our food and stuff as well i think it's kind of missing something because it would be really really good and stuff too and i find like again when you go to kind of like some other places now like the kind of places that do kind of offer like the you know artsy thai food that's not actually thai food and stuff like that as well it's also really expensive yeah so i think kind of like gentrifying like our kind of food and stuff as well so i don't know what it's going to be like for running costs for people like you know wanting to kind of you know use kind of things i think at the same time as looking at certain like ingredients now like jackfruit i know you can get it from certain places now like you know still and from the asian shops it's always cheap but now you start to see it like you know in sainsbury's and stuff mm-hmm. like that for like ridiculous amounts and i suppose it's used a lot in like you know vegetarian vegan cooking and stuff as a replacement and stuff as well so you kind of think this is going to have an impact on like you know small kind of like local like people from like the diaspora yeah. and stuff as well if like they're trying to do restaurants and stuff you wonder does that actually come into it but i'm not in you know the restaurant business so i wouldn't actually know but it's always something i kind of thought about yeah i think it is that bit and i noticed and like you know from you know 
going off on what you're saying about that. I know, especially within that kind of Caribbean community or Jamaican community, obviously you've got like, you know, Rasta, Rastafarianism, and they have the ITIL diet, which is actually just being vegan. <laughs> you know, it's just like, and like jackfruit and raw breadfruit is a big part of that as well. But is that part of, well, someone sets up a little, no shade to anyone in Aberdeen for the come for me, but someone sets up a cafe and be like, oh, we're all vegan. And there's a, there's obviously a very much a class of person who's engaging in that kind of space and also can afford mm-hmm. to go and like, you know, those kind of spaces in comparison to what I was kind of brought up with being like, oh, it's for like everyone's for the community, but it becomes a bit of a, like a class issue in there as well. I think in some of these kind of like vegan spaces that that's just my opinion, if you know, but that's what I kind of noticing more over the kind of years. It seems to be definitely created for a certain kind of person. Yeah, no, I find that a lot as well. And I mean, I've been vegetarian for 25 years, so absolutely no shade to the like vegetarian mm-hmm. or vegan community. I mean, most of the time I eat mainly vegan anyway. I mean, have some eggs and cheese, but like most of the time my diet, you know, is quite, you know, strict with that kind of stuff too and everything as well. But yeah, you do notice that. And then sometimes they can be quite critical about certain things. Like, you know, you seem like a mean, like shared about certain things or something like in like some like vegan thing. And it was like something criticizing, like say like the Dalai Lama for not being vegetarian or vegan or something like this as well. And I was like, it's really disrespectful. And it's kind of like you're dismissing like whole cultures mm-hmm. and stuff because like people are assuming, like say, because I'm also a Buddhist and some people, and I'm not vegetarian because I'm Buddhist, even though, you know, it's seen as a good thing in like, you know, Buddhism or something like this as well. But Thailand's a Buddhist country. It's not traditionally like vegetarian. Most people eat a lot of meat and it's like given up for maybe certain times of the year and stuff like that as well. So it's like really dismissive of kind of cultures. And it's kind of like thinking, oh, everyone can afford to eat this way and stuff. It's like, I know for a lot, if I wanted to eat meat replacements and certain things, it's not actually cheaper and stuff as well. So it's a lot of privilege to be able to eat in that kind of way and stuff like that Mm -hmm. as well. Certain ingredients, especially when it's our own cultural ingredients, sometimes if they go up in price and get gentrified or something, they're harder to come by and stuff. And like, I think that's something that's actually a problem in like global food security and stuff as well. When you're actually looking at, say, certain superfoods. So I always go back to the example of quinoa and stuff, because obviously I'm from a research background before. And quinoa is like seen as this kind of superfood and everything. It's great because it's like, you know, got so much nutrients. It's not a true carbohydrate and stuff like that. It's like a pseudo cereal. So it's got so much, you know, for people in Bolivia, you know, subsistence farmers were cultivating this and eating this and it's good Mm. for them. However, because it's now more, um, you know, profitable as a cash crop to be sent to the West because of all this kind of like healthy eating or like, you know, want to try these kind of diverse foods and stuff like this as well. And because of that, now people in Bolivia can't actually afford to eat quinoa or going back to things like say sorghum and millet and stuff like just actual like carbohydrate grains, which are much, much lacking in the nutrient, like, you know, profile and it's actually worse off for them and stuff. So it has an impact, a wide reaching impact as well. So as well as it being tied to like culture and like you know the way we perceive things it's a bigger it's got a bigger cultural impact and stuff as well when you think about producers and think about these kind of things too yeah so absolutely it's always kind of important to consider i guess for myself yeah. no no thanks for obviously kind of raising that obviously very kind of obviously important and kind of valid kind of point to kind of bring up i know like we touched on like a couple of places in aberdeen like um the pig's wings and rishis but for the listeners who are listening to this podcast just now where's a place that you could recommend in obviously it could be Aberdeen or anywhere like in Scotland even like actually yeah you guys need to go and try this place okay I mean I'm trying to go through like different kind of places and stuff as well because obviously Madden News is one of the places I'm always going to say is great because if you want to get like proper kind of like authentic Thai food and stuff as well unfortunately the people who were like doing um Sabai in Inverurie and stuff I don't know what happened to them so they were in the market as well and they were fantastic so I'd always like to recommend that Ban Thai is still going on in Aberdeen and stuff as well. And it's one place that I've always liked. It's always been one of the main Thai restaurants in Aberdeen. So I've always, always really, really enjoyed that. 
and stuff. So those would be like my kind of main Thai recommendations. Latin way I'm always going to recommend is one of my favorite places. I think I order takeaway from them like basically <laughs> every week or every other week because for like kind of like Latin American food that I really, really do enjoy and stuff as well. If you ever get, it's, it's not in Scotland, unfortunately. I mean, actually in Edinburgh, I would say Pho, the Vietnamese okay. place. That was amazing. Me and my sister went there brilliant brilliant kind of like for dishes of vegetarian options as well so filling it was nice there is also Orinoco for Latin American food again down there and that was like oh, yucca fries there's like really good sauces that go with everything and stuff as well so Edinburgh do go there quite a lot and there's a few bits and pieces there definitely nice maki and ramen for sushi okay. there absolutely because they've got like a vegetable like tempura ramen which oh it's just absolutely amazing and stuff as well and they have like post-it notes where people can like put on the sign things and stuff as well so anyone who's to be the customer there there's like lots of different things and sometimes it's good because you see people visiting from around the world or something oh, so cool. i saw one where people had visited like from thailand so i've seen like someone writing in thai or something as well so that was quite cool to actually see and stuff so that's amazing but one place i can't stop thinking about unfortunately it's in london <laughs> and it's like a, a north it's a northeastern Thai restaurant called like like 101 Thai Kitchen. And oh my God, like, oh, because they have a durian ice cream, proper coconut ice cream. You do not get coconut ice cream as good as what you get in Asia in this country. I cannot find it anywhere with the proper depth of coconut, toasted like mung beans or something like that, and actually tasting coconut. Because every kind of coconut ice cream you get here, I think, has been tailored to, let's say, vegans or something like that. Mm. So they kind of taste more creamy and not so coconutty because it's like replacing vanilla ice cream or something. But there's people who really want the coconut taste them. and they have that and the proper spicy northeastern Thai dishes. Mm. You know what? You actually made me hungry and I'm actually just eating not long ago. <laughs> I can actually do some of this food I right now. I everyone hungry. Yeah, no, like, yeah, no, I'm actually starving now. But um, yeah, like for the listeners, where can they kind of like find like, you know, your work? And have you got a website kind of set up now as well? So it's haku-art.com. Cool. So just haku dash art.com and then obviously I'm on my Instagram it's Hakuna Natasha underscore Natasha there as well so that's where I can be found usually or wandering around sunny bank park sometimes spray painting and stuff yes. as well you want to see me in yes, person that's a big girl for thank you for that as well that was awesome and actually I think yeah the following day I just went on holidays well yeah that was awesome I hope we can do more of that as well little side note on a day job <laughs> but yes Natasha thank you so much <laughs> for coming on the podcast man I really appreciate you coming on this it's always good to catch up with you yeah no thanks for having me and stuff and i was going to say as well i think i've got some like leftover thai food in the freezer or something if you want me to run past and drop you off something spicy <laughs> easy. i'll give you a shout i've got plenty in the freezer I'll you Susan, te- you can help me out. i'll give you a shout <laughs> yeah. next time in the time in the studio i'll give you a shout and be like oh are you about <laughs> so yeah yeah thank you so much yes there'll only be extra thai food in my freezer so yeah please help me nice one nice one <laughs>